Welcome to the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. I am your host, Steve Gordon. I'm excited to be here today with my co-host, John Curry. John, welcome. Good to see you. Good to be seen again. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be a fun episode because uh, we get to talk about a cool way of marketing that I know we'll both probably geek out on a little bit. So uh, the title of today's episode is Postcard Magic because I do think postcards are magical. Um, and so I think we're going to open folks' eyes a little bit to, to doing something that uh, not a lot of people are willing to do, believe it or not. And, uh, and so, uh, so let's dive into it. You are, you're the king of postcards. You use them more than anybody that we work with and pretty effectively. Talk a little bit about uh, why you use postcards. Well, I'll talk about the why, and then I'll go back in time, if you like, and go back to 1978 when I started using postcards and why. Uh, but the why is real simple. Uh, I look at a postcard as being a miniature billboard that shows up in your mailbox. If I send you an email, I know you're too young for this, but back when I came in the business, there was no such thing as email. Uh, actually, okay. actually, uh, for the first year out of college, we didn't have email or the internet. I'm that old. Okay. Well, the young whippersnapper compared to me. But so I wanted something where even if you didn't want me, you at least had to touch it. So a postcard was it. No envelope to open up. No big uh, thing to read like a newspaper. It just showed up in the mail. And back in those days, I was using the, uh, I think it was like a four by six size. Now we're using uh, four by six, but also five and a half by eight and a half, which is basically half a sheet of paper. But I learned early on that the postcards gave me the ability to do a keep in touch and very inexpensively. And when I first started, I used the generic postcards that the company had and some of the old direct mail letters that they used where they didn't come to me. They went to the home office and they found their way to me later. As we progress on this, we'll get into more detail about uh, what we're doing today. But what started it was simply because it was inexpensive. It was quick. I could sit down and hand address postcards, which I did early on by myself. Then later I hired a part-time uh, uh, assistant that would do that for me. And her handwriting was much better than mine. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of the ones you you addressed, knowing your handwriting, probably probably didn't make it. <laughs> That's why I printed them. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think they're a really effective marketing tool. And with, with so much of the emphasis today being with online marketing, the John, the challenge I think with online marketing is you're dealing with I invisible prospects. Um, Dean Jackson has this concept of invisible and visible prospects. And, and your goal is always is to take the invisible prospects, the ones that are going to buy, but, but you don't know that they're going to buy. You don't even know who they are and turn them into visible prospects. And on the internet, you've got, you know, I, I don't think we don't have the whole planet on it yet, but we've got a, a, a couple of billion people on the internet and your challenge is to weed through all of that and get people to recognize you and, and come to you. And it's more competitive there than ever. Well, interestingly enough, in someone's mailbox, there's almost no competition these days. And I, you know, I'll tell you where we have uh, two kids in college and a junior in high school. And, and just in the last 
two years, two to three years, um, as we've gone through that process, our direct mail volume has gone up a lot because the universities understand that it's very effective. And so we get stuff all the time. But before that, we got hardly any direct mail. Um, it's a place where you can, you can be the only one that they see other than a couple of bills. Totally agree. Totally agree. And again, when they get it in the mail, the postcards I use usually are on a bright yellow paper cardstock. So it stands out. And, but I've, I've told you this before where people come in the door, I haven't seen them in several years and they'll have a big old folder full of uh, postcards. I've mailed them and newsletters, emails they printed out where they just threw them in a folder. And the one I'm thinking about that was most, um, prolific, if you will, of saving stuff. He just had my name across the front of the photo, John Curry, and he just dumped stuff in there. I mean, I, he gave it to him. I kept it for years. Finally, one day I threw it out. Probably shouldn't have, but it was, it was just years and years of stuff I had sent him. And when he was ready, he came in, he came in. And I said, you know, that alone uh, proved the point if I needed proof. Yeah. He probably paid for a, a lot of, uh, a lot of your postcard mailings just with that one case. No doubt about it. And one of my biggest clients from the standpoint of the amount of business we did ever came from because he got an email, a postcard, he saw an ad in the newspaper and another postcard. And when he, he came in with all that, he said, here's the email I got, the two postcards and a copy of the, of the, the only time I ran a half page uh, ad, I did it twice uh, for one particular seminar. And as best we can tell, he's the only one that we know directly came uh, and mentioned the ad. Now we know some did, but he's the only one who said, Hey, because of this, but the postcard did his job. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and that's the great thing about using media and postcards are, are I think are a great media for advisors. Um, but in, for folks in, in your business, John, the average value of a client is so high that you get one client and you're likely producing a positive ROI on that mailing. And not only did you get that one client immediately from it, you also touched and enhanced the relationship and reminded a whole bunch of other people, maybe thousands of people that you exist and that you're here. And, and I, that's one of the, the real dangers in uh, that I see that, that uh, folks get into with any kind of mailing and particularly with postcards is they, they will do one mailing of it and they won't get immediate business. You know, they won't, the phone will not be ringing off the hook within a week um, uh, of the mailing and they'll be frustrated by that. Or they'll send out, you know, they'll send out 200 and, um, you know, 15 will come back as, as Nixies, which are undeliverables. Um, and you'll get, uh, you know, maybe three or four calls. And then, you know, you've got another 100 and 80 people or something that, that did nothing with it. And they'll go, well, this was a total failure. I only got three or four calls out of it. And, um, and I think a lot of the time the expectation is unrealistic and, and understanding the purpose of it is, uh, you know, they've placed the wrong purpose on it. Totally agree. Now, unless I'm sending a postcard promoting a seminar, if nobody responds, obviously I'm disappointed. But the purpose of the postcard for me many times is just sending a message out there. Like I said, it's, it's a mini billboard. And you, you could send a postcard every week if you want to. 
because there's that many things we could communicate to a client. But let's just say you took one topic each month for 12 months. You, you made a comment this morning at breakfast about having 12 postcards and you send them and then you start all over again. Well, it'd be very easy to send out 12, 24, 52, one a week if you wanted to, because you could easily take a topic short and sweet and to the point. Is this, is this an issue for you? You know, uh, for me, it's all about retirement planning. So you take, are, are you concerned about social security? Do you understand social security? And we have a postcard like that where we send it out. And then we'll also promote either the podcast that we've done on it or the seminar. If we have a seminar coming up, uh, same thing with Medicare, uh, all kind of topics that you can do. RMDs, when you can take money out of your, your uh, IRA and do you know how to do it? You know what the rules and regulations are. And, but it, even if no one calls, if you're just sending, I call that a topical postcard. You know, I use postcards like a newsletter because I quit doing a regular newsletter, probably a mistake, but, but the postcard helps me keep in touch. And I haven't sent one out in quite a while, but we're working on a series ourselves because our postcard is going to promote not only seminars, but our webinars, our podcasts, and encourage people to come in for an appointment. So we'll have four calls to action on there, believe it or not. Some people say well, you should not have that many. You know what? It's okay. I'm going to do it anyway, because if you don't even, if you never come see me, but you got a postcard talking about a podcast, you might say podcast. I didn't know that Norco had a podcast. I'm going to go listen to it. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think, so let's break this down a little bit. You started off talking about the generic postcards and, and virtually all of the the companies produce from their home office generic postcards that you can use in one form or fashion. And uh, so let's start there, John, and talk about pros and cons and then kind of work into what maybe an optimal strategy is with, uh, with postcards. So go ahead. Well, I just think uh, I, I want you to share with folks what you helped me with a long time ago when we started doing more of the newsletters and postcard marketing, because you sat down and we talked about, okay, wh what are you trying to say? What's the purpose? What's the call to action? So let's talk about that a little bit because you can send a postcard out and improve the effectiveness of it by asking the right question in the headline. So think in terms of a headline, like a newspaper article, and what is it you want them to do? What is the, result you want. Are you asking them to pick up the phone and call you for an appointment? That's a pretty big hurdle. Are you asking them to call and have a telephone appointment? That's a shorter hurdle, not near as big. Are you asking them to request a book, uh, an info kit like I do? What is the purpose? Would you take a few minutes and cover that? Yeah. And I think let's start with, with some of the generic postcards. Okay. Because you know, there's a resource there for folks. No okay. Doubt. And it'll tie into, to the things that you just described. You know, there, there's a resource there. You know, if you're with guardian, you got market edge with the other companies, they've got, you know, their, their resources now. And let me say this, there are some good ones there. There's some very good postcards there, but what I hope Steve's about to get into is understand that what you really want to do is create your own with your own personality, with your photo on it. But the ones that are there are better than doing nothing. So back to you, Well, Steve. and that, that's just it. I mean, they're better than doing nothing. Um, I haven't looked at, at everything that's in, that all the different companies offer. I will tell you, because 
I keep a lot of my, because I'm in the business, I keep a lot of my junk mail. Um, and I get a lot of stuff from different advisors around town, John, uh, from your competitors. And I can tell when they're using the generic one. Okay. Um, yes. And sometimes they can insert their picture in there. Not always, not always. Um, and the, the thing about the ones that the companies create, it's a great resource to start with when you have nothing else, but they design them as if they are corporate branded pieces. And the problem with corporate branded pieces is when you've got three or four postcards in your mailbox, all those corporate branded pieces tend to blur together and look the same. It's hard to tell what one is about versus another. Nothing stands out because they use stock photography that has, you know, the perfectly diverse family on it or the retired couple holding hands, sitting in the bathtub. No, I'm sorry. That's a different product. But sitting, holding <laughs> hands on the beach, you know, in their, in their, uh, uh, in their folding chairs, looking at the ocean. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's, it's, Oh yes. At all time. Yeah. It, it, it's cliche. And corporate marketing apartments are really well-meaning and they got to deal with compliance and they got a lot of stakeholders that they have to make happy. And that makes their, it makes doing their job effectively very, very difficult. So it's not necessarily their, their fault. It's a product of, of the circumstances that they're creating these things under. They're trying to create them for everybody. And, um, and so it's better than nothing. But oftentimes the message is watered down so that it can be applicable to everybody, which doesn't necessarily do you any good, which means the one that comes from the guardian advisor looks just like the one that comes from the Lincoln advisor and says the same thing, which says the same thing as the one that comes from the Northwestern Mutual. And at that point, you're all a, a stinking commodity. And that's, that's not right. where you want to be. So there are some challenges with these things, but they are vastly better than doing nothing. And I think you just need to go into it being educated and understand what the trade-offs are. So if I'm just starting out and that's the resource that I have and I don't have either the skills to be able to create it on my own or the team to be able to create it for me, then by all means, use the stuff the company provides and get going. And the reason that you want to do that is because the, all of the studies I've ever seen on what it takes to to when a client, John, point to somewhere between eight, I guess the, the lowest one I've ever seen is seven, okay? Seven touches all the way up to 24 touches before someone even recognizes you as a provider of a particular service. And so to think that you're going to send one and that's going to have a big impact is foolish. If all you're committed to is sending one, I wouldn't send any. Why waste yeah, the don't money? Yeah, don't spend the money. So really what, if you're listening to this thing, okay, well, I want to do postcards. It's like any other marketing. You need to commit to doing it over time. And, you know, probably look at it as a two to three to five year commitment and, uh, you know, and, and be able to do that. Um, and so I think that's important. Would you agree? I totally agree. And I think it's important to, to go back to the very basics of, okay, the postcard is the media, but what is, who is your market? Who are you going to send it to? And what's the message on that postcard? Because if you, if you send me a postcard about sending your kids to college, I'm not interested, even though I have grandchildren, I'm concerned about that, but I'm, but you know, if, 
I, I'm, that's not a topic I'm interested in. If you send me a postcard, a realtor just sent me one. I finally called him, so you're wasting your money. Uh, I'm not a prospect for that. I am a prospect for this. Well, he was smart enough to start sending me different information by email and postcards. And I has got my, I'm on, I'm on his radar. So if there's something I want, I'll call him. But he was sending me stuff, you know, all the stuff in town, things like I'm not interested in that. So you got to get the message in the market. So the postcards are media, but what about the message in the market? You'll talk about that a minute. Yeah. So it, you know, you were holding up a little triangle symbol. Um, I can see you on video and, and, you know, we like to think of it as three sides of a triangle. And, and so you've got at the base of the triangle, the foundation of it is, is your market. Who are you going to send this to? And this is where understanding who your ideal client is becomes really important. If you're marketing to everybody with a heartbeat and a wallet, you're going to have a really hard time solving the, the three sides of this triangle. So you got to be specific about who you want. Okay. Might be business owners, might be people that are pre-retirement in a certain part of town or certain other, you know, qualities that they have about them. And John, John, in your case, it's uh, members of the Florida retirement system or more specifically college professors at, uh, at any of the universities here locally or around the state. And you, you've got to solve that piece of it first, because that's going to then tell you what is the message need to be to attract those people. Right. So if you're sending to business owners, there are a whole series of messages that are going to work for them. And if you're sending to people who are like in your case, John, are government employees who are members of, of the state retirement program, the messages are going to be different. Right. So you've got to know who that audience is, who that market is. That will inform what the message needs to be. And when you think about that message, it cannot be product focused. It cannot be solution focused because the way our brains are wired, they're wired for survival. And this overrides everything we do in life. Okay, so we're looking for problems. The uh, marketing guy that uh, out of New Zealand that I, I follow and in one of his books, he said, you know, imagine you're walking down the, the sidewalk in a big city and there's people walking all around you and everything. And you don't, you're not really paying attention to where you step, except if your brain, your eyes quickly perceive that there's a pile of dog poo about 10, 10 feet in front of you. And all of a sudden your attention becomes very, very focused on that danger, right? Because you don't want to step in it. Bad consequences, right? right? <clears throat> That's right. You know, and, and your eyes will pick that out. They'll recognize that pattern Oh, that's a pile of poo. I don't want to step in it, right? We're looking for the problems. So you need to speak to the problems that, that your market perceives first and foremost. Um, so if we talk about in terms of, uh, you know, as a financial advisor, well, if I'm talking to people who are um, approaching, was it age 72, they got to start taking RMDs? 70 and a half. 70 and a half. I got a long way to go, so I'm not paying attention to it yet. You wouldn't want to send this to me. Um, so, you know, but folks that are probably 65 and up, you better be talking about RMDs. Okay. Right. Business owners who are probably age 50 and up, you probably want to be talking about exit planning and estate planning and transfer of wealth or whatever else. Um, in addition to RMDs and things like that. Most everybody that's 60 and up, you probably want to be talking about 
Social Security and Medicare because those are going to be on the horizon for them. Um, you know, and to the extent that you can get specific about that and talk about specific consequences of if you mishandle your RMD, here's the consequence. If you don't coordinate Social Security and Medicare with your other retirement vehicles, here's the consequence. Now you're getting to where they've got to pay attention to you, right? The brain is going to go, oh, wait. I am concerned about that. I've had that question lingering in the back of my head now for three years and nobody's addressed it and boom, John addressed it. I'm going to now pay attention. Okay. So your whole job in any business is to get the attention of the people in your market and then to hold the attention of the people in your market. Getting the attention is actually the easiest part. It's once you've got it, how do you hold it? Okay, and the postcards play a role there too by continuing to show up and continuing to stay in front of people. So, so that's the message part. And then the medium is how you're going to reach them. And you know, today we're talking about postcards as a medium, podcasting as a medium, uh, the internet is a medium, your website's a medium, email is a medium, you know, and on and on and on. So, but you have to pick the right media that will reach that market that you're you're trying to reach. Well said. Well said. And then it's a matter of, it doesn't matter how I feel about a particular medium. The question is, will people use it? For example, people my age, I'll be 67 in December, still read the newspaper. Most of them that I talk with, they enjoy taking the Sunday paper, sitting down, reading it, and have a cup of coffee. So I've had people tell me, well, you should not waste money running ads in the newspaper. I don't run them very often, but occasionally I'll do it just as a little test to promote a seminar. And I've told you this, when I, when we finished revamping what I call my flagship seminar, we're updating it and get it approved by compliance, then I'm going to start running quarter page ads in the newspaper. Why? Because I want that presence. You're talking about Jay Abraham, about, about being omni, uh, omnipresence. Well, I want every time they open that newspaper on a Sunday, and whatever the day that week I choose to do it, probably Wednesday, they see that ad is promoting a seminar coming up, but it'll also promote a podcast. So if someone does not want to come, they can go either one. I don't care how they consume me. I just want them to consume me. So it, it'll be my message located to where I know that the people that I want as a client will see it and are likely to respond to it. Well, and let's, so that, that's great thinking. Now bring that back around to postcards. Yes. And one, one of the reasons you and I are both fans of them is because everybody checks their mail. That's right. And let's do this. And what it does compared to the newspaper is what? There's no distraction, is there? It's one postcard, one message, mine, is not competing with other people. And that's why I do very little, quote, newspaper advertising or magazines because I have a list I know that list is profitable. I know who they are, what they've got. So by sending that postcard, I'm doing like laser beam marketing. It's like right in well, there. And, and I think that's a really good point because when you go into any mass media, not a direct media, so postcards are, are a direct media. You're going direct to the person that you want to reach. With newspaper, TV, radio, and to a large degree, the internet, um, depending on how you use the internet, that's a mass media. 
and you get a lot of waste with mass media. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, it used to be with newspapers, everybody read them less and less so. So it's the, the demographics are skewing to an older age group. So it's actually getting better and better with less waste, but, um, but you're still going to get people who read that ad that aren't qualified, would never be qualified. They aren't even in the right age bracket, you know, and so you're going to, you're going to end up with waste. Whereas with direct media, like a postcard, you can, you can really, as you say, laser target them. The, the only advantage, I'd like your thoughts on this. We haven't talked about it ahead of time. The only advantage of running an ad in a newspaper or a magazine to me is you might pull out people that you don't have on your list yet. If you're on my mailing list, I can mail you a postcard. But I've ha had success in the past of where the right person would come in because of that ad. And I usually run small ads when I do them, so they're less uh, expensive. But that's usually driving people online to request my book. But but I'm going to do some experimenting because it's going to be interesting to see if the postcard turned into an ad would attract some people that I would not have normally gotten. We're going to find out. But I, yeah. but I believe in experimenting some. Well, you, you need to do that. I think you always need to have a little budget set aside for experimenting with, with some new marketing thing because you never know when you're going to find a really great medium that gets you right to the people that you want. Um, you know, and that, that can usually be done in, in uh, an effective and inexpensive way. But the key is, is in layering these things on. And I think that's what I want to get across to folks is there, there's a million different options that you can use. Um, some of the stuff, John, you're doing is really advanced. Some of the stuff you're doing, you've been doing for years and is easy for somebody who is not at that stage of marketing knowledge to pick up and be able to run with. Well, let's talk about that because what I want to make sure we cover before we end this particular podcast, this episode, is some of you are listening to this, you're thinking, oh my God, how, where do I start? Start with real simple. Sit down with, I'm going to just say three postcards. Think in terms of three messages that you want to tell people. Pretend you have a one minute commercial, one minute. The local television or radio gives you one minute to tell your story. Put together a postcard sharing that. And then send that to your list. So you send postcard number one, then two and three. You do it as one them up, one a week, whatever you're trying to do. It's up to you. But start there real small. Do one, two, three, and mail them out and see what happens. Uh, what I'm doing, uh, and Steve, you are too. We're talking about this morning at breakfast. We're creating a whole series of them, 12 of them. Uh, and I'm waiting on for my email course to be approved. We've got one segment that has not been approved yet. And when that happens, we're going to be sending out literally 5,000 postcards at a time. Why? Because we want people to know about the online course. It will also talk about webinars. It will also talk about our podcast and any live events we've got coming up. So it's going to be multi-purpose. One side will have a message, boom, email course. The other side will have these, oh, by the way, did you know? Because I don't know which one is going to appeal to them. Now, some people say have only one message, so it's not conflicting. I'm to the point of where I want them to know everything I'm doing. I'm the single source. Go here. If you want to hear it, go to my podcast. If you want to go to the webinar and never come in and meet with me, go to my webinar. So if you want a telephone appointment with me or one of my teammates, you can do that. Well, let's talk about that because the in direct response marketing, a lot of the conventional wisdom is that you have one call to action. 
one thing you want them to do as a result of that. And that's, that's valid, particularly in a situation where you're, you know, you're, you're really geared, you know, the, the person, well, you know, where they are in the sales process and they're at a, maybe a higher level of qualification and you're either trying to drive them to book an appointment or to, to request a specific thing. Um, and you only care about them requesting that because they're already in your database and engaged otherwise, or you're trying to get them to buy something and that doesn't really apply in your business, John. So in those cases, yes, a single call to action makes sense. However, in, in the stuff that's going to show up repeatedly again and again and again, where you're, you're just going out to that market and trying to harvest, you're trying to see, okay, who can I get that's at the point where they're ready to book an appointment? Who can I get that's at the place where they're concerned about an issue and they're willing to go and watch a webinar? Who can I get that is curious enough about what I'm talking about to go listen to the podcast? And so really what you're doing there is in one thing, you're, you're giving people opportunities to take action at the level of commitment that they're ready for. And so there is a, there's an important place for that kind of piece in your marketing. And I'd almost start there first, particularly if you don't know much about your marketing. Um, I want to, I know we're running a little bit short on time, but I want to cover a couple of things. So we've talked about, you know, kind of the, the generic postcards that are available through a lot of the companies. Um, I believe you want to graduate out of that and begin creating your own because all you're doing there is you're, you're marketing for the company. You know, I mean, you're paying to send these out to market for the bigger company. And, yeah, that, there's value in that to a point, but they're not hiring, you know, John, in your case, they're not hiring Guardian, they're hiring John Curry in their minds. And so you've got to put on the postcard something of you because that's who ultimately they're buying. They're buying a relationship with you. Um, and so I think you've got to graduate to the point where you're branding these things around you and you've got to get them out of this corporate design look and feel because those things just don't stand out. They look pretty and polished and all that, but they're not going to get your message across. And so I, you know, your postcards, John, they're the ugliest thing in my mailbox, but guess what? I cannot miss them. And, and, the, and I got to read them because I want you um, to know, I'm hurt. I'm hurt that you would say that. I am absolutely hurt that you'd call my postcards ugly. You are hurt all the way to the bank, aren't you? Well, and back. I, well, I am. Uh, I'm, I've learned that it doesn't matter how it looks as long as it's getting results. That's just it. And you made a comment about polished. Sometimes you can have things too polished. Sometimes just plain old black ink, not color, on bright yellow paper is the best way to go. Other times, because I have photos of us doing a seminar, I'll want something on white paper, uh, postcard that is with nice color photos. But most of the time, mine are just good old, ugly, uh, bright yellow. I forget what they call that yellow, but it's not really yellow. It's almost not quite a lime, whatever the heck it is. But anyway, yeah, it works. Like fluorescent yellow. Um, one thing before I forget it, I just thought of this. As we're recording this, we're in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. You mail anything in Breast Cancer Awareness Month that needs to be hot, bright pink. Yes. Because people will pick that up and read it because they think it's topical. Right. So, I, di I didn't do any mailings this time. Usually in October, I do that and it's on bright pink paper. Good. All right. So if 
I was designing a postcard program for somebody from scratch. Um, I would almost, I think I'd take the uh, newsletter on a postcard approach, John. And let me tell you why. And, and I'll describe what it is and then I'll explain why I think it's powerful. Uh, so the newsletter on a postcard approach is one where you, you send an oversized postcard. Um, so not a little three by five or a four by six, but you send, you know, maybe it's five and a half inches by eight and a half or six by nine. Um, and, and you can get a mail house that can help kind of advise you on the, the standard sizes, but you're using something that's a little bit bigger and you can fit more content on it. And what I would do is on one side of that postcard, it'd be my picture and a, and a really good picture, not one of the standard headshot photos, you know, you know the mug shots that they put on, on your agency website where you look like every other guy in a suit and tie. Those are good, but uh, John, you've got one where it's you holding a tape measure and you've got this, this talk you give using the tape measure and it's kind of part of your brand. Um, but something that sets you apart a little bit. Um, not unprofessional, but something that sets you apart from just the little rectangular headshot, right? Because people are blind to that. Uh, so on one side, I'd have the photo. And on that side, I would also have all of my calls to action. So here are the ways you can interact with us. You can schedule an appointment and here's the benefit of the appointment. You can come to one of our presentations, whether it's a live seminar, a webinar, a lunch and learn, whatever you do, you need to be doing something there. Um, and then the third would be, here's some free information you, re you can request. And that free information has got to be on a topic that's really a problem area for that client. So you give them those three levels of call to action. Okay. That's on the one side. And then you got room for postage and the addressing and all that. On the other side, I would have a really big title for an article and I'd have an article on there. And it's not going to be a really long article because you don't have a lot of space. And that's actually working in your favor. You want it to be short to the point, cover a problem, cover the consequences of that problem to the individual, and speak about what some of the solutions might be. And at the end of that, there's a call to action to book a phone appointment with you to discuss further if they're concerned about it. And that's a postcard formula right there, my friend. And if you did one of those a month, you would have probably one of the more effective direct mail programs in the industry. Totally agree. Totally agree. There in it fact, is. So it's funny. Everybody that uses that, you, you're getting, you're getting my, um, my perpetual worldwide license. Just send me the check every time you use it. <laughs> I love it. Some free consulting. Well, hopefully uh, it's free, but I also think in terms of it's not necessarily unpaid consulting because you and I have said many times how much we enjoy doing these because I'm looking at your face now. You're grinning like crazy. We're just having fun. Oh, yeah. And, this is a blast. And the nice thing is no expectation. Just show up. And we have fun and uh, had a good breakfast this morning. And um, uh, now we're just continuing that fun. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you think in terms of doing that, you've now got something that's branded to you. Um, and uh, you can write the article, uh, which would be great. You can pull them from other sources and information. So long as you cite that source, get them all compliance approved and, and you got a real easy program. We've been very successful at using articles that were already written by somebody at the home office and a corporate newsletter, tweaked it a little bit, sent it back and got it approved. So there's all kind of information around you, 
you just have to determine, make sure it matches the message article that is matches your market, what you're trying to do and get it out there. Uh, when we get the last piece approved on our email campaign, I'll show you what we're doing because one side is going to be the article, but also we will uh, introduce the email course so that people see it. And then what you just described is what I'm doing is on the flip side where the address is, there'll be four boxes. So all four pieces are there. One of them is going to be me holding the tape measure. And on the other side, it's going to be basically the first one would be introducing the uh, concept of the course. And then it lists all six lessons. And then there'll be an individual postcard for each of those lessons. So not only will we email it to people, we'll actually send a postcard. Because sometimes people mean well, but they don't read the email. If they get an email and a postcard, it gives us double exposure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, God, we could keep going. We could, I could talk for hours about this stuff, but I know we're out of time. Yes. So, uh, great ideas. Um, but the ideas are only useful if you take action on them. So decide right now what you're going to take action on in the next five days and then take the action. And, uh, otherwise this was listening to this was a waste and we don't want it to be a waste. We want you to make some money off of it. John, great to see you. Um, next episode, we're talking about books. This is going to be fun. I yes. think we're going to blow people's minds with uh, our approach to, to books. Um, and so uh, come back from that for that. And uh, I'll see you next time, John. Very good.